Alright guys, we're back with episode 5 of Brentwood Barbell Radio and today we're going to talk a little bit about youth training and specifically we're going to ask the question, do youth athletes need an off-season? Uh, and so I want to set the stage a little bit with this episode by just kind of like talking about like generally where things seem to be like uh, at least in the United States. Uh, we have really kind of gone all in on this like single sport model, um, you know, where, you know, little Timmy uh, takes an interest in soccer. You know, maybe he's six or seven or whatever years old and um, <clears throat> he likes it. And so then, you know, fast forward a few years later and he's on like four select teams and he's playing soccer year round uh, and, and he's not really doing anything other than soccer from a physical standpoint and so that's that's what we would call a single sport athlete and so uh today we just want to talk about like you know what are some pros and cons to that approach but then also you know is there value in giving timmy uh, a break and putting him maybe in the weight room for a little bit um in between seasons or something something to that effect so um i mean yeah let's talk about the obviously this is a hyper specific sort of model that we yeah. uh, uh that we see a lot of kids in these days um so what are some alex what, what do you think like some pros could be to like that hyper specificity you know sort of approach yeah i mean so they're for sure going to get that exposure to the sport they're going to uh feel confident out there they know how to play they learn the game uh they they do become pretty coachable um you know they're they're always involved in the sport they're always working under a coach they're working with a team uh there's definitely going to be some benefit that you you can see from you know maybe from a shortened time span uh of this hyper specific yeah i think that's just it um you can see the progress quickly right yeah you know parents uh will put their kid in a sport and then pretty quickly he's he or she is showing like a lot of progress in that sport um and that's exciting right you know the right. kids are having fun they're getting better the parents feel good about finding mm -hmm. something that their kid likes um you know and and everybody every parent wants to see their kid do well and so there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff happening there um yeah what do you think might be some uh cons or negatives to this like hyper specific approach well, definitely burnout. That's definitely yeah. one of the biggest ones. Um, you know, that was I mean, that was the one thing that I remember, especially in uh, college. You know, playing football, and I know this is talking about youth, but even in college, playing football, the just the overbearing of how many practices a day and all this t type of stuff. I mean, you know, there's there's some benefit from uh, going and reaching out to some different things. Um, you know, like especially with a younger kid, you know, they're playing soccer uh, year round, three to four days a week. Then they're playing, you know, weekend indoor in the winter and all this stuff. Um, they have this like initial, you know, what we talked about, they have this initial, you know, bump up in skill and, you know, maybe love for the game. And then all of a sudden it's like this disdain. <laughs> um, they're not, yeah. you know, they're asking, well, mom, can I skip practice? Dad, can I skip practice? Uh, well, how about we go to the next week's game? And uh, but then also too, just uh, you know, injury mitigation. You know, if we can kind of switch away from 
doing the same movement, same, you know, we talked about that in uh, one of the past episodes with the GPP, you know, different velocities and things like that. Um, you know, sports can, sports can put a number on you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I played basketball where I grew up, the school was so small, so we didn't, we didn't have a football team. So really basketball was like the thing. Yeah. We had some like spring sports, you know, track and baseball, but it was really, uh, right. it was really basketball. And, um, you know, so we would play year round, right? We would go to summer mm-hmm. league camps. Uh, we would travel. We would we would do like a local summer league. Um, you know, of course, as we got close to like, I can't remember the date in high school when you can start practicing. Uh, maybe it's October, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. But anyways, we would immediately start the season with two yeah. days, uh, and that would run for like two to four weeks. Uh, you know, and then we'd have like a holiday tournament around Thanksgiving or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and so. I started playing in fifth grade or fourth grade and that was my life until I graduated high school. Yeah. And by the time I was a freshman, I hated it. Uh, it was weird because like, I also loved it. Uh, I loved oh, yeah. being part of the team. No, I, I totally loved playing, <laughs> but every year there was a point like mid, usually mid season where I was like, man, I'm done with this shit. You know, I'm not playing next year. And you, you always did because, I don't know, maybe it's because there was just no other sports. If, there, if we would have had a football team, maybe I wouldn't have played the next year. But um, I just remember, like, this real, like, love-hate sort of relationship with the sport um, because uh, you're just – the exposure is just so great, um, you know, and, and you don't have an opportunity – to be physical, you know, in another sort of venue. And I think that, uh, you know, athletes that do play multiple sports, uh, you know, I think they might experience less burnout. Uh, that's just, I, I mean, I think I'm not the first person to say that. I think that's, yeah. a, I think that's a, an established thing. Um, and so the burnout thing is real. There's no question about mm-hmm. that. Um, I think the injury thing is interesting. Um, you know, you see a lot of injuries that uh, are sort of, I, I don't like this term, but like sports specific, right? Like, you know, yeah. if, if he's a pitcher, it's going to be an elbow thing uh, or, or maybe a shoulder thing, but probably an elbow thing, right? If, the, if it's a young female soccer player, it's going to be an ACL thing. Right. Um, you know, there's just all these like, um, you know, unique injuries or whatever um, that, you know, in some part are due to this repetitive loading pattern, posture, you know, velocity, sort of all, all of this stuff that goes into that. Um, and so there's some thinking that exposing kids to lots of broad experiences, shapes, positions, velocities, yada, yada, is, is uh, has like this protective, um, you know, sort of element to it and I think that's mm-hmm. that's really where the weight room comes in um, in that you can get kids to do things that um, don't look anything like their sport right in fact I right. think I, I think if you ever talk if you're a parent and this is a PSA if you're a parent and you're talking to a, a weight room guy and the weight room guy says we run a football program or we run a soccer program you should just you know pick up your stuff and walk away from that guy because he doesn't understand how the weight room is supposed to work uh, for athletes. Yep. The last thing that a kid needs is more sports specific stuff on top yep. of already running four club teams and no off season. Like that yeah. is literally, he would yeah. be better going home and watching Netflix. Yeah. 
taking right? some rest. <laughs> Just resting, right? Absolutely. So you don't want the gym to be uh, sports specific anything, right. right? You want the gym to consist of, you know, basic strength training exercises, right? The exercises that get you strong are the basic lifts, and and that's what you want kids to be doing in the weight room, with a handful of like, you know quote, bodybuilding type exercises. Um, and that's what the weight room should look like, right? Uh, maybe some, maybe there's a, some speed work in there with lighter weights. Maybe there's some max effort work with heavy weights. But that's, that's really just, you know, sort of additional things that you could layer into a program. The most important thing is that they're getting into different shapes and positions. Right. You know, and so I think that the weight room is really, really important um, for kids. And so, you know, my opinion is that they absolutely need an off season. Uh, you know, and we work with a lot of kids that are, you know, in like middle school, and we don't necessarily train them in the way that you think of like training an adult, right? Right. We don't say, hey, you know, Billy, you squatted, you know, 75 last Monday, so this Monday you're squatting 82. Um, we just expose them to these types of exercises, right? We let them right. have fun. We expose them. We coach them so they're moving relatively well. Uh, they understand uh, how to move uh, weight safely and effectively. They're having a good time, uh, you know, and then they're, they're doing some of these different things that uh, right. we think have this sort of protective quality. Um, and so I think that, you know, our position is that you know they should have an off season even if they're a young kid uh, and they're not quote strength training as we like classically see it the point is that they're getting into different shapes and positions and that's that's a big deal um i think another thing that maybe like i don't know if parents think about this uh or not but I look at the weight room as being like an uh, an anabolic situation or like a building situation, and I look yeah. at sports as being like a catabolic situation, mm -hmm. right? So athletes never get stronger during the season, yeah. right? Because they're they're playing, right? They're running around, they're expending tremendous amounts of energy, calories. Uh, a lot of them eat pretty poorly to begin with, but then mm -hmm. you put like lots and lots and lots of physical activity on top of that, and like they're they're not recovered well. Um, you know, there some teams, uh, like high school teams, for example, might even like ditch weight training altogether, like in the season, which is like wild. Mind blowing. I know. Like, if it's important to do in the off season, isn't it important enough to do at least to some degree in season? Right. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Um, but but some of them do, and so like you see this like wasting, you know, this athlete wasting, and so. I think sometimes the teams that do well, like in the postseason, are just the teams that started the season stronger. Right. Right, because they have more resources to, to spend. Yep. They started the season stronger. They're they're not the ones that after practice have to run wind sprints to get in shape for. Right. You know, this is on Wednesday, and then they gotta get in shape for a Friday game. You know. Right. They're, they're coming in conditioned. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's that's you know that's weight room stuff. Um, you know, nearly year round, um, you mm -hmm. know, uh, and, and again, I think the biggest benefit of the weight room is going to be to get them off of the field or off of the court. Uh, they get so much of that already. Right. Um, you know, if you're, if your football team isn't winning, it's probably, probably not because you're not practicing enough. I bet you're practicing enough. Uh, now there's a lot that could go into that too, in terms of, you know, some teams have really, really good athletes, some teams not so much, but so that's a complicated situation, but the point is that you're, 
you're going to be practicing a lot, right? And so, you know, getting some weight room time is a big deal uh, to preserve uh, or maintain, hopefully, what you spent the off-season building. Yep. Right? Um, so I think that's something we want to really think about. Uh, and, you know, if, uh, if you're a parent listening, um, you know, you want your athlete uh, to to play, right? You don't, want them, you don't want them hurt. You don't want them injured. You want them to finish the season physically in good shape so that they can play well in the postseason, uh, you know, or whatever that looks like. Um, and the best way to do that is to give them some time not playing the sport. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Let them be excited for the upcoming season. <laughs> well, right, right, right. Not only are they just like uh, their brains are stimulated by the thought of getting to play again, but like their yeah. bodies are ready for that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like uh, they're ready to go. So uh, let's talk a little bit about training athletes and like, um, you know, this idea of like, you know, I'm going to kind of lump some things together, but like sports specific training or always working on skill, always working on technique and this like seemingly underappreciation of like basic general strength, speed, power, non mm-hmm. GPP, right? Like GPP, GPP yeah. right? So let's talk a little bit about that. What are, what are some yeah. thoughts you have on like this over-reliance of SPP and this under-appreciation for GPP? Yeah, so... I think the SPP stuff, it's just, it's, it's an easy sell. It's kind of like those, uh, those flash words and it's like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm the football guy here and you know, we're going to, they're going to do turf work and run through the ladder and their routes are going to be so much better. You can only increase someone's foot speed so much and that's marginal at best. Right. (laughs) You know, if you can get them to be more powerful off the line and uh you know jump higher run fat you know all that they're gonna get that from the weight room they're not gonna get it from running 100 routes a day <laughs> right it's like um, one, once you know the test right like you can't keep just doing the test to get better right like once you can exactly. run, once you do the t-test and you know the route yep. you don't keep doing the t-test to get better at the t-test right you become right. a stronger faster athlete yeah and then you go do the t-test yeah right then you're going to be better right Right, but we we see like you're talking about like well we do ladder work and agility work, okay. But once you know the footwork, you're you're that's it. It's yeah. over. It's yeah. done. Right. Yeah. There might be some some small benefit initially. Right. If you got a mm-hmm. kid who like trips over both feet, right, and you teach him how right. to do basic footwork, sure. Okay, yeah. great. He looks good. But that takes about a week. Right. Right. Then what? Yeah, and I bet that that kid would get more benefit out of learning how to hinge or learn how to you know, hang from a bar, you know, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So the goal that I have with the youth training class that we have is to increase their spatial awareness. They know where they are in space. They can, you know, hold a kettlebell to their chest and they can squat down and, you know, their butt pretty much touch their ankles. You know, they're, they're sitting deep. They know how to move. They can stand up from that position. They're working these different joint angles. Um, then, you know, that can transfer over to their jumps, their running, um, you know, I might have them, you know, something fun that we'll do every once in a while is that they all pick out a rack and they all got to hang from the chin up bar and we see who can do it the longest, <laughs> Yeah, you know, just, just different odd things, you know, how often do they do that, you know, to where they're hanging from a bar or whatever. And, you know, maybe that helps them with their chin ups, that helps them with their push ups, whatever. That's awesome. But, um, you know, just putting them into these different positions and it's nothing complicated, you know, they, 
come in and, you know, I might say, all right, three sets of five to 10 on squat, hit a number within that rep range, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's nothing specific about that. It's just, you know, oh, it feels good to do tens today, do tens, sure. <laughs> you know, it's, they're just moving. Um, you know, it's, I run their class, it's pretty much a circuit. So they each have about 15, it's, it comes out to be about 15 to 17 minutes per station. You know, they partner up, they get a group of three, whatever it is. They run through, you know, this group of three might run through a squat and a push-up. And, you know, one person's taking a rest while one person's squatting, one person's, per- person is doing the push-ups. Then they just keep rotating. Yeah. And, you know, they got 15 to 17 minutes to warm up and get three sets of those in. Then... You know, they might have bench press that day, same thing. They're doing the same thing with planks, whatever. Then they have a circuit, a third station circuit, where it's kettlebell swings, uh, goblet squats, uh, sled push, um, you know, whatever. Just they're, they're doing a lot of movement, box jumps. You know, most of, I will say, <laughs> probably the first 10 minutes or so, they're just like hopping on the turf everywhere. You know, there's, sure. they're just moving around a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, when you look at athletes, specifically athletes, and they're playing a sport, we spend uh, just a tremendous amount of time on specific skill development. Mm-hmm. And, and there should be some time allocated to that. I'm not, I'm not saying that they should never play their sport. Um, you know, but then there's this sort of idea that, like, uh, you know, I think Louis talks about this with Olympic lifting. He's like, your technique can only get so good. Right. Right. So it's like you go back to the kid who has terrible footwork and you teach him how to use the ladder. Mm-hmm. That's good enough. Yeah. Right. So move on. Now the next thing you need to do is get his squat from 115 to 405. Yeah. Right. He, now he has, quote, adequate footwork. Now just make him a better human and yeah. watch what happens. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and I think that that sometimes gets lost. Um, mm-hmm. We keep trying to get better and better and better at the skills when it's like, hey, you're asking a human being to do these things. Yeah. What if you just made him a bigger, physical, more imposing human? You know, if you take an 18-year-old kid and you put 20 pounds of, you know, decent weight on him and his squat goes from 185 to 385 for five, you know, he's going to come back to football camp and people are going to be like, what in the hell did you do? Yeah. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and he's going to like hurt some people. Yeah. Right. But he might not have played any damn football that whole time. Yeah. You know, um, or if he did, it was very little, uh, you mm-hmm. know? And so again, let's just make him a real strong or her real strong, capable athlete. And then yeah. the, the specific stuff will, you know, usually fall right in place. Yeah. Yeah, work on the strength stuff and then let the specific stuff kind of get shown off a little bit. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, you can box squat and hop off that box real fast with that bar with 135 pounds on your back. And then they go and go play soccer and jump up for a head ball. They're going to they're gonna get higher than that other kid. <laughs> yeah, yep. Well, cool. Uh, I th- yeah, I think, uh, I think we made a decent case here for kids needing an offseason. Uh, you feel like we got anything else? Yeah, I think that covers it. Okay, cool. All right, guys, this has been uh, episode five of Brentwood Barbell Radio. We'll be back at you soon. Later. See you.